You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. It's the APC podcast here at AcmePackingCompany.com. SB Nation Packers talk all the live long day. I'm Zach Rapport, your humble producer, dialing in from Queens. Not quite an emergency podcast, but almost an emergency podcast. Free agency started today, Wednesday, March 14th at 4 p.m., and it started with a bang. The Gudekunst era is upon us, uh, and it is a much different animal than the Ted Thompson era. And here to discuss that with me are the usual gang back together again, albeit in... Uh, some digital capacity. Alex, Hapak- Alex Patakis, rather, sorry. <laughs> Dialing in from, are you at work? you like in the lobby or something? Uh, I'm in a quiet studio. Optimal for uh, audio. Perfect. And uh, also on the line is, of course, Ben Foldy, student of life. You're at school, I assume. Yeah, I'm at the life school. No, <laughs> I'm at regular school. The school of hard knocks. All right, guys. Well, thank you for taking some some time. We've been trying all week to to get together uh, to to get some some audio nuggets out to the listeners because a lot has been happening. And uh, why don't we start with, of course, the the biggest news, and that is uh, the sort of tandem release of Jordy Nelson, and then the signing of tight end Jimmy Graham. Uh, and Alex, I wanna I wanna start with you. Um, Let's start with Jimmy Graham. What, just what do you think? Uh, well, it's hard to talk about Jimmy Graham without talking about Jordy Nelson, I guess. So um, I guess I'm otherwise unenthused. Like, I, I think having Jimmy Graham is I'm not going to like bitch about it and act like I'm I'm not a little bit excited about the potential of him um, being a really significant red zone threat but when it comes with the loss of nelson it just seems like they kind of cancel each other out um and it felt like that money wise too like they just like took jordy's money and basically gave it to jimmy graham 
I don't think it's a net negative or a net positive. I just think that, like, if Jimmy Graham's strength at this point in his career, like, he's not really significantly younger than Jordy. He's not significantly better production-wise than Jordy was in the red zone. He just kind of has a different build and plays a different position, I guess. Um, but over the past like couple of seasons, Jordy's actually been a better red zone target in terms of touchdowns than Jimmy Graham has. So, yeah, he's like that 6'6 tight end. He's dynamic, and they've been trying to find a guy like him since Jermichael Finley. But, um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm not entirely... like. I'm not entirely sold that Jordy Nelson can't go somewhere else and be productive and that there is a little bit of production to replace in his absence that I'm not confident they will do um, with their existing receiving core. So it's kind of like a, a wash to me. It feels like Ben, what do you think? I do not like this. I'm not, I mean, I'm not like crying. But um, I think I agree with basically everything Alex said. I think that if I – the Packers' problem isn't scoring in the red zone, and it really never has been. Even last season when they weren't very good, um, they still finished the season fourth or fifth in red zone uh, efficiency. So if you take it like that and you take it – if you look at the – if you look at the fact that the Packers don't have trouble scoring touchdowns, what they have trouble, or at least last year had trouble doing, was getting down the field in the first place to get into the red zone, then Jimmy Graham doesn't bring all that much. Um, and I was getting into it with some random on Twitter today about, it was on Jason Wildey's feed. I saw I, I kind of tried to, I kind of tried to explain my argument. Like, he's like, oh, you'll be laughing when, or I'm saving this for when Jimmy Graham gets 15 touchdowns. And I'm like, I don't care who gets the touchdowns. Like, I think the Packers will put up roughly the same amount of touchdowns, regardless of whether they go to a tight end or a wide receiver or running back. Um, you know, if Jimmy Graham is Jimmy Graham that much better of a red zone weapon than Jordy Nelson? No. And um, so, and I, you know, to, to kind of tease out this hypothetical with random Twitter user number five or whatever, um, <laughs> You know, I was like, look, okay, so imagine that he adds two touchdowns that they wouldn't otherwise score over the course of the season. If you take that, if you take those touchdowns, instead of kicking uh, field goals, you're talking about eight plus eight points over, over a season. If you're paying $11 million for eight-point difference, like, to me, that's not good value. It's not, you know, this deal is two years longer than Jury's deal would have been, regardless of whether or not you think it was time to move on from Nelson. You know, there's more of an albatross around the neck of the team financially um and i think jordy's a more practical weapon like if i if i am facing third and 11 i want jordy and i don't want jimmy graham like i want a technician i want somebody whose you know technique is clean who you don't have to worry about making a stupid drop um that's how i feel about it and i and i just think i just think that they they took something that wasn't that broken and they like fixed it, I guess, but they didn't really. That's that's my take on on both of those moves. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's sorry, go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say um, too, like about the reliability thing to Ben's point on like third and eleven. Like Jimmy Graham, Graham has a lot more question marks than Jordy Nelson does even at this point in his career. Like Jordy's that like I, I I tried to make this point yesterday um, on Twitter, where like almost in like defense of Jordy, not that he needs defending, but him just being like like you know, piss off with the veterans minimum, like I'm going to go somewhere else. Like 
it's not the Packers' fault necessarily that like Jordy, you know, like Father Time is catching up to him on ACL surgery, and um, you know he can't really separate maybe like he used to, but also like. It is their fault for not being able to find ways for him to be productive without just being like this guy who could win a one-on-one all the time. Like if Jordy goes to the Patriots, like we're all going to be pissed and we're going to be like, well, why can they use him and he can be productive and be a huge weapon on third and 11, but like the Packers can't like the lack of creativity in green Bay also, I think like contributes to his drop off. And like we wanted Randall Cobb cut and now he's our number two option. So like, I just think there's a we lot did? more going on there than, well, I mean, I, I don't want to say that, like, I'm not saying that we did per se, um, but, you know, coming to this offseason, people are like, well, you know, if it means getting free agents, like, let's cut Randall Cobb. And now because we have Jimmy Graham, we feel good that Randall Cobb is like our number two receiver. I just want to go on record offense because that's supposed to be explosive. Like, I want to go on record uh, because I said as much uh, on the show, I believe a few months ago and, and as well on Twitter uh, in the last few days, if, if asked to make the choice between, Cobb and Nelson right now, I think it's an easy decision for Cobb personally to stay. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with yeah, that, totally. just based on age. Age and health and... Um, I think versatility, too. Like yeah, the I, number of ways you can use him. Yeah. And, um, and I, I think that the Packers, like, longing to replace or to have that, like, downfield tight end, too, that... Because, I mean, it's no secret they have, right? Like, that's the one position they take swings at in free agency. Jared Cook, Martellus Bennett... None of them have really worked out and lived up to it. Maybe Jimmy Graham will, but everyone wants to make like the connection. Like, oh, remember you know, 2009 when Jermichael was kind of blossoming. Then 2010, they went to Super Bowl, even though he gets hurt. In 2011, they were unstoppable. But like, I, is that did the tight end like make that happen, or was the tight end productive because he had four legitimate receivers around him? Like, is Jimmy Graham going to be like great when you know? the Devonte Adams is the one like truly great player on that offense that he's, that he's playing with outside of the quarterback. That's the only other passing target. Like fucking like James Jones led the league in touchdowns after Jermichael Finley was gone. Like Jordy Nelson, like did the same exact thing. Like these were guys who were like interchangeable, you know, number one, number two targets in the offense. And I think that helped Jermichael flourish rather than him just being like the reason they flourished. Cause they all flourished without him. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sold that like oh yeah 2011's back baby we got that downfield tight end like if I could just if I could just though I think offer we do have Philbin <laughs> to be fair to well, yeah we do have him back yeah oh Philbin I guess if I could just offer a counterpoint though um, just to play devil's advocate you know we've talked on the show um, a lot Alex I know you have about sort of positionless football as you guys talk about positionless basketball um, so if you if you take away the fact that Graham is a tight end, Nelson is a, a wide receiver, and you just look at the production, it's almost like you could argue that, okay, they're swapping, they're getting similar production, um, and they gain an open wide receiver slot, which they can fill with someone who can benefit the team longer for cheaper. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is that I if and this is what I was saying in free agency on Twitter before any of this went down, is that if you came to me and said, we will spend, um, you know, eight to ten million dollars on Jimmy Graham and we'll take a wide receiver at forty five. Or you came to me and said, we'll spend eight to ten million dollars on a free agent wide receiver, uh, you know. And we'll take Dallas Gatert or Mike Gesicki at uh, 
45, I would be much more comfortable with the latter than the former. Um, and, you know, even looking at like Trey Burton's deal, like I'd be happier with Trey Burton's deal than I would be with the Jimmy Graham deal. Um, um, I worry about reliability and I worry about, you know, there's so little depth at, at the tight end position, you know, like, you know, a team is lucky to have two usable receiving tight ends. And uh, I just don't, it, like I said, I don't, I don't see, I don't think it was a huge problem and I don't see it like fixing much, but I do see it being a big, a big, big money deal for a player that, you know, you basically like, he's not going to be any better than he has been is my guess. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with Ben's thing about Burton too. And that's definitely cause like you could justify just getting young, you know, having a guy who clearly is like entering the prime of his career way more which is like I, i'm not mad that they released jordy nelson i just would feel way better about it if it was for alan robinson you know say, like the money that these guys got like alan robinson sammy watkins it makes it seem like it was a long shot i get it but like it's way easier to understand that line of thinking like cut aging receiver for a young guy who we presumably will have you know the best years of his football playing career for um but it doesn't feel like that with graham it's it feels like we're gonna have the same years that we would have with jordy nelson so it's like it's just hard to get excited about that i guess It feels like we're going to have the same years that we would have with Jordy Nelson. So it's like, it's just hard to get excited about that, I guess. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this uh, for a really long time. And I know you guys uh, have a limited time, so let's move on. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to rehab this argument uh, over the course of the offseason and into the season, I bet. I'm um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Mo Wilkerson, that was the other sort of big news uh, in the last 24, 48 hours here the former New York Jet signing a one-year prove-it deal with the Packers. Uh, there was a lot of buzz that he was that he was going to sign. He visited, uh, had a good visit, and then sort of took a tour of a few other teams, and and all was quiet on that front. And um, so this kind of came as a surprise to some, came as a surprise to other that he did end up going with the Packers. Uh, Alex, what do you think of this deal? This one I'm pretty excited about because um, I just think it's a minimal risk and huge upside. Um, I guess it's hard to like pin down what scheme the Packers are going to be playing defensively. But in theory, if we're going three down linemen, like the defensive line obviously is, is really good already with two thirds of it being what I think to be like really high level with Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. Like if you add Mo Wilkerson to that um, and you get like productive football out of him, like great. And if not, like you still have Dean Lowry, like who is, seems to be blossoming into a really good player. Um, so on a one year prove it deal, like I'm all for it. Like if Mike Patton could, could get him, I guess, could, like with him, it's just a matter of commitment, right? It's just like wanting to be a part of something and like showing up to meetings I think and that's not what, taking plays off. I like, think that's what other teams think of him. And that's what he's hoping to disprove with this deal. And I think the Packers are a really good place to disprove that. Um, why is it that every time they sign for ages, like tight ends and defensive linemen? Like, that's what it always feels like. But, like, we've seen them, like, take in defensive linemen who I guess have had questionable history. And I don't want to compare, like, marijuana to, like, effort. But, like, Latroy Guyon became, like, an immediate leader in that locker room. Now, granted, things didn't end well. But, like, he got a second contract with them. Yeah, and yeah Ryan Pickett, like it, too. I mean, Ted, Ted Thompson uh, had, had pretty good luck with, with defensive line free agent signings. 
Yeah, like it seems like they're just like, screw it. It's minimal risk, huge upside if he can be anything like he was in 2015. And he's going to a familiar situation, which uh, uh, with a scheme that I imagine would mirror one that he played back that played in back then. And with a guy who seems like, um, and I might be typecasting here, but like Petten seems like one of those like fiery, no nonsense, like knock someone the fuck out kind of guys. And yeah, I'm a guy, into that. Like, a guy I'm, reportedly I'm that players like to play for. Uh, it's a $5 million deal for Wilkerson with, uh, looks like he could earn up to $8 million in incentives. Uh, ben Foldy, what are your thoughts? I, I don't see anything not to like. It's basically my thoughts on that. Um, low risk, high reward, um, fills a position of need at a good price with a player with plenty of upside, like a good player with a good relationship with a coach who got a lot out of him before. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's, it's, for me, it's not more complicated than that. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, let's move on finally uh, to something that I think is maybe a little bit more complicated for you, Ben Foldy, because it is the end of an era in Green Bay. It is the end of the age of Demarius. No more. Demarius is no more. A guy who uh, was much maligned by a lot of uh, Packers Nation. You cape for him hard uh, during that time, stood by him. So I want to get your reaction first to Demarius Randall being traded to the Browns for Deshaun Kaiser and a little bit of uh, draft pick swappage. Uh, hmm. I don't <laughs> love it. Um, complicated. Sounds complicated. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like super upset by it. I, I do think there's some weird asset management going on that I don't understand. Like to me, a starting quality cornerback, whether you play him in the slot or wherever, like a starting quality quarterback on a rookie level deal is worth more as an asset even for one season, is worth more as an asset than a backup quarterback. Like, any way you shake it. Um, that, to me, says that they think that Deshaun Kaiser is legit. Um, I hope they're right, obviously. I hope that Cleveland was a bad fit. And it also makes me think that, for whatever reason, whoever's left in the Packers' front office um, thinks that Demarius Randall's a bad fit and that whoever... You know, because, I mean, here's the other thing. They basically traded him back to everybody who drafted him, right? Like, yeah. I don't think anybody in Cleveland has that different of a sense of Demarius Randall, or has has a different um, set of, exp- you know, a different a different exposure to, to Demarius Randall than, than anybody in Green Bay does. So it's, it's it seems like um, maybe this is, you know, you know, there were a lot of rumors with Kaiser last season in the draft um, that they would take him at, at, at one overall in the second um, or whenever they picked in the second um, or that they would trade up. I can't remember what the rumors were, but that they, that they would take Kaiser. Um, so maybe those rumors were true and maybe that was Gutekunst's pick. And, um, you know, maybe this is just kind of correcting the record. But I think from an asset perspective specifically, I don't love the deal, um, but I do like the position it leaves them for. It leaves them in in the draft. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm like cautiously whatever. Cautiously I'm not in love whatever. with it. I'm not against it. I do. I do. I think they have a big hole at corner, and I don't see them fixing it. But I don't. I don't know what their plan is. Yeah, yeah. They need anyone with a pulse there right now. Um, 
Hashtag cautiously whatever. Um, I, I want to chime in really quickly and just say that I think uh, with Deshaun Kaiser, it's less, I personally feel like it's less that it uh, was a bad fit in Cleveland and more that Cleveland was just a hot mess and it was just not a good situation. I have faith that Deshaun Kaiser uh, is better than, is, a, is an upgrade over Brett Hundley, but I don't know, film junkies come at me. I'm not, I'm not a football scholar. Alex, what, what did you think of this move? Yeah, I kind of agreed with you. And then, like, I wouldn't say film junkies, more just like friends of mine, just like pounced all over me with that. Like, are you kidding me? Kaiser is even worse. But, like, there's the Cleveland factor, man. Like, you look at Josh McCown. It's like, real. He just got another big contract from the Jets and they, he played like respectable football. Like, it almost feels impossible to judge quarterbacks there until they find like the guy to, uh, to fix that. But, I mean, obviously, Ben's right. Like, they, they made a need even more of a need. Like, and. Yeah. I guess this trade could only really be judged when we find out like who the hell is going to start at corner. Are you getting um, progressively more antsy with uh, with every corner that comes off the free agent market? Uh, a little bit. I'm starting to think maybe they don't even sign one, and then we're just going to have that situation where it's like we're blaming you know the Packers being like 28th in the league in pass defense on the fact that they've got like two 22 year old kids playing corner who played point guard and fucking safety again. You know, it's like it's a little concerning. Um, now free agency isn't over technically it just started a few hours ago, but, um, yeah, like I, I think like Randall's a guy, like I wouldn't be pissed if he were starting at corner for us next year, but I wouldn't exactly be enthused. And clearly like they just wanted him out for whatever the hell actually went on behind the scenes. But the Kaiser thing, like, it's interesting because like, if you're, if you're trying to protect yourself for next year, like in the event Rogers gets hurt again, cause you don't want the Hundley thing over again, like isn't the move you make for like a respectable veteran, <laughs> like not a project. Yeah. It seems like he's like totally like years away from being ready. It just feels like it, it feels like we have Hunley from three years ago. Especially, especially after last season when a bunch of teams showed how easy it is, not easy, but like how you don't need your starter to get to the goddamn playoffs or to win um, the fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't, I don't really understand, um, and that to me is only further evidence that they really must think that Kaiser is like a legit future starter, um, right? And and someone you know, like a draft and develop, basically just a year late. Um, and yeah, I guess, and and you know, the upside to that is, I, I don't, I think people liked Kaiser's tools coming out of Cleveland, um are coming out of the draft and you know tools are tools they don't just go away because one is forced to play for the cleveland browns for a season um, yeah so i would like to believe that if if someone's going to get something out of them it could be you know everybody that the packers have one more so can i just but sorry go ahead who the hell knows i was going to say to ben's point too about like I, I think it is maybe they see something in kaiser that they like and they feel like they can develop him but just like from a general uh just like I don't know. I'm kind of out on the um, like Rogers is in his mid thirties. Let's develop a guy thing because like the more I see quarterbacks play into their forties and play well, and the more I see like ancient Drew Breeses getting new contracts at his age. Like, I I mean, Kaiser six years from now is not going to be someone I'm interested in. Like I I almost feel like I'm at the point now where I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. I'd rather have a veteran or at least like a respectable guy in his twenties behind Rogers instead of a project like why invest in that now like we uh, not that it was a big investment but like I'm not worried about Rogers replacement now man I'm watching 40 year olds go out and take yeah. their teams to the Super Bowl yeah like and win MVPs era. 
Like, it's a different era, yeah. and, and and injuries affect uh, re- you know recovery rates are different. People were writing people are writing Richard Sherman off because he uh, you know has had Achilles surgery, and uh, I just feel like you know that's an injury that it that hasn't been a career en- a surefire career ender for like at least five years. And you know to your example about quarterbacks, yeah, they're they're playing later and later. I mean, Tom Brady was in a Super Bowl. He's chugging beer. <laughs> and not that he's the norm, and like we don't have uh, his doctor or whatever he is. But um, you know, I trust his so-called I trust doctor. Yeah, quite, I'm doing air quotes with doctor. <laughs> um, but I, I trust, I trust Rogers to to be getting you know another one or two year deal when he's like 38, 39, or whatever yeah. the hell he is. Um, I'm into it. I like. Just... I, I don't wanna, need to develop a guy. Yeah, I want to put a bow on on Deshaun on De- Deshaun Kaiser and and just say that uh, I I do think that it bringing him in does allow them on draft day to have more options because uh, maybe they don't need to, you know, maybe they don't need to draft a quarterback or maybe he's leveraged to get another pick or move around or you know it's it's not necess- it's not necessarily true that he's going to be on the team, you know, come the start of the season. That's also true. And I do I do like having uh I really like having the first pick of rounds that start a day. I know that sounds really dumb. But like how often no, do you see yeah. people people always trade up for that pick, it feels like. Yeah. Well there's the question, a lot more it's not dumb. Have... It's not dumb because it, it, it there's a lot more you have a lot more time to wheel and deal and to make your decision than in, you know, in the middle of the I mean the question that I have though is that if all this is done and it then mandates that you have to hope that Denzel Ward falls to 14 to get your value back in the draft, like to me, I, I feel like all of these moves are some are tied to, you know, I think people have wanted the Packers to be more active in free agency for a long time. But what I don't like about the moves so far is that they all seem to be kind of contingent on these other things happening. Right. And, you know, so for me, tearing a hole in at cornerback and then hoping that the draft goes your way to be able to fill it at a reasonable way is not a, like I do not sleep easy with that. You know, and I don't know if other people are, but I I see big hole at cornerback, and I see now basically all but having to use your first rounder on whoever's there at fourteen. Yeah. Um, and that I don't like because I. <laughs> Say what you will, but Ted always kind of had the team in a position to have options in the draft, and drafting for need is not a position I ever really want to be in. Yeah, and also too, like man, if if it doesn't go their way to get a starting corner, then it better go their way to get like some rookies who are going to come in and rush the hell out of the passer. Like they either have to have yeah. like the best pass rushing presence ever, or just like fix this damn thing once and for all in the secondary. I think that's a good place to leave it. One way or another, uh, we're going to find out what Gutekunst's master plan is, whether it's through the draft or uh, as we roll into the season and the roster shapes up. There's no way to know right now, but it is frustrating, it is interesting, and it is something different for Packer fans. Uh, Alex, do you have any closing thoughts here? Uh, You know, we may not love some of the moves, but... If Ted Thompson were still running the show, we would never be recording an emergency podcast right now. That's so true. It's, it's not kind even of fun. Other teams are recording. Other people are recording podcasts as a course of normal action in the off season. It's only an emergency because for the first time in my Packer watching history, it's it's required. <laughs> yeah, talking points in the month of March. Interesting. Who'd have thunk? Ben Foldy, what do you got? Closing thoughts. 
I I don't like all this anxiety. I kind of miss Ted. Aww. <laughs> Ted misses also, you like, too. Can we have like a uh, goodbye Jordy podcast at some point? Goodbye Jordy. Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't see why not. I feel like that's something that might have to happen. Just like a Jordy all-time greats, because Roger's post on Instagram almost made me cry. Aw, yeah, the tears were welling up. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's thank a business, you. though. Yeah, it is a business. That's right. It's a business for teams and for players, so suck it up. All right, guys. Thank you so much for uh, taking some for time draft out. coverage. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do some draft coverage here in the next couple weeks. Um, still got to iron that out, but we promise, dear listeners that we are working on that. Follow the show at the APC pod on Twitter. And now for some reason, Instagram as well. I just posted there. Um, I don't know why, but uh, give us a follow there for some reason at Alex Patakis at Ben Foldy at Zach Rapport. You could talk to us all the time. It would be a living nightmare. I'm sure uh, we'll talk to you soon and uh, we'll keep you posted here on all of the exciting Packers off-season action. See you guys. Later. The best you ever found. Just don't be so Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.